welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast, and we are so excited today. We have a huge hall star here with us. We have Katie Sackoff here being in her first Hallmark movie coming up, the Christmas sale. And thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the podcast. Oh my gosh, it is my pleasure. Any day that I can talk about Christmas movies and then to boot Hallmark Christmas movies, I'm a happy lady. So we're good. <laughs> well, that, that's so exciting because when I when I saw that you were, I was like, yes. This is such, even, I didn't even know that you, you know, you love Christmas movies, that you're a Christmas movie cat. I just felt like this is such a good fit. This should have happened a long time ago. And I think it's such a good fit for you to be in Hallmark. Yay. It's funny that you say that because I think that unless people have come in contact with me before or follow me on social media, I think that they think it is just the worst idea in this century of ideas <laughs> because they're like, wait a second, isn't this the lady that like fights aliens and is usually covered yeah. in blood and punches people. Um, but for people that know me, um, this character is the closest I've ever played to myself. So, I mean, we already have a Santa Claus up and he's competing yeah. with our carved content. <laughs> so we're, like, <laughs> we're all over the place over here. It's very fitting that the movie's on Halloween. <laughs> that's very uh, yeah that's true it's a it's the halloween movie this year it is. Uh, so the the you get to start celebrating christmas extra early extra early it's okay mm -hmm. usually starts on november yeah. 1st over here anyway <laughs> <laughs> well what we like to do we like to ask our the actors who come on tell us a little bit about what what inspired you to get into acting you know so when i was younger um, according to my mother, I was always a ham. I was like the little kid that was like dancing on tables and like always singing, which to me as an adult sounds absolutely atrocious. That just sounds like the worst child ever. <laughs> um, but, but my mom seems to think it was a cute thing. So, um, uh, I was an athlete growing up. Um, and then I got hurt when I was about 16. And sort of that really derailed what I thought my plans were. I thought I was going to go swim in college and go to Stanford and swim and, you know, um, take it from there, really, you know, mm -hmm. maybe go into broadcasting or something. And, and after that, I was really looking for like a group of friends to like align myself with because I wasn't swimming twice a day anymore. So I really had to sort of shift my group of friends at school and the theater kids embraced me. Um, and that's mm -hmm. sort of how I really got into like stage and, and singing. And then, um, it just bit me and it bit me hard. And my mom saw an ad in the paper to be a body double for Kirsten Dunst when I was 17. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, at this point I'd done some extra work, but, um, nothing like substantial and, um, and, so I went down to, you know, audition to be her body double. And they said I was too tall. Um, um, and they, but they said, there's a part auditioning tomorrow for a role that has um, two scenes, you know, not a ton of dialogue, but if you'd like to audition, come, come on down. So I went home with my mom, just helped me memorize all of these monologues because it was the, the character's name was Karen Gotadis. And she was in a movie called 15 and Pregnant on Lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, um, for the beginning of my career, everyone thought it was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, so I went down, I memorized everything, went down, got the part 
And the director from that movie convinced my mother based off that one scene that she should bring me to Los Angeles to meet his manager and agent. And she did. She banged her and she was just like, what the heck am I doing with this child? Um, She brought me down. They introduced me to my agent who is now my manager. And I've been with him and my lawyer since I was 17. Mm -hmm. So really sort of tight knit team. Um, and that was sort of history. I moved to Los Angeles six months later. And I think six months after that, I got my first job and just kept going. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? How one little thing. Can one just, little thing. Yeah. One little thing. And yeah. I remember, you know, it's Sam Pillsbury was the director and he directed the free Willy movies also. And I, I have not been in touch with him really since, you know, um, but it was, it literally, I would not have a career without that man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Who knew? A yeah. 15, I didn't know that 15 and pregnant had such a, uh, a legacy. <laughs> I, know. I know myself and it was myself and uh, Kirsten Dunst and Park overall. That was the, yeah. the cast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny. Well, great. <laughs> That's really exciting. I was going to ask you what, what do you remember your, your first role, but there you go. That was my first role. And my second role was in Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane with Uh Michael Rosenbaum. I had to kiss Michael Rosenbaom and I had to laugh in a throaty, sexy voice and I couldn't do it. I was such Uh a, I was 18. I was insecure. I was like sexy, throaty voice. Like (laughs) never, I don't even know what that is. Um, and so they dubbed me. Oh, they did. I watched the TV show and my laugh had been dubbed with someone else. And I said, I will, that will never happen again. I will figure (laughs) it out every time. Um, And so that was my second role. That was the one where I was like in the bathtub when my agent called me screaming that I actually booked a job here in Los Angeles. Yeah. 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 I feel like everybody should have one of those, like that thing you do moments where you're like, ah. I almost dropped the phone in the bathtub and I thought it was such a big moment. And like my agent didn't even call me. It was like his assistant. Like that's how small the role was. But like, to me, it was like, I got to call my mom and dad and tell them I've made it. (laughs) And I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, So of course, a lot of people would know you for playing Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica. And yeah. how did you end up getting that role? And and what what was that whole experience like? I mean, this must be overwhelming. Crazy, crazy yeah. overwhelming, all of the same things. I mean, I, I got the script for Battlestar when I was 21. Mm-hmm. So I had just been on a show with Richard Dreyfuss and Marsha Gay Harden um, called Mr. Holland, not Mr. Holland's Opus. That was, the, that was the show I was an extra in with him in Portland. It was a show called... Um, um, Oh my gosh, Max Bickford. Okay. Holy Hannah. That was on CBS. <laughs> um, so um, it was a TV show um, that I did for a year in New York. And um, up, till, up till I got the script for Battlestar in 2001, 2002, I had been playing very stereotypical, like blonde roles, like um, the ditzy girl or the, you know, mm-hmm. the girl that you know kisses the boy in the closet and laughs really sexy and throaty the the angsty teenager that has pink hair like 
I'd been playing all these characters, the character in Halloween who gets her head cut off and the audience goes, thank God she's gone. Like <laughs> those are the roles that I was playing. And I remember getting so upset because I felt, I felt myself, you know, competing against playing something that I wasn't, I didn't want to play these, these dumb blonde roles, these stereotypical roles. Um, and I, I talked to my mom about it and my mom was like, you have to make a conscious decision to not do them then. And that is hard. It's hard when you need to pay your rent to say, yeah. I'm not playing these characters anymore. Um, and so I saw the script for Battlestar Galactica and, and for the miniseries, and it was a thick script. I mean, it was massive. And I remember reading this role and they wanted someone in her thirties. And I, at that point was 21. I remember reading this going like, this is going to change my career. Like this character. And at that point, I didn't really understand why I was just like, she shoots a gun. She's tough. She fights people. She's feisty. Mm -hmm. She's everything that I can do, but she's, you know, different. And I remember saying to my mom, if I can get this, this is like game changer. Cause my mom used to say something to me that was like, when your face falls and your, your boobs sag, you need to have a job. <laughs> and, and it's funny now. And I've, I've classed it up a little bit, like that's classy audience, but <laughs> um, basically what she was saying to me was like, as a performer, as a, as an artist, if you rely on the way you look to to portray characters forever or for long, that mm -hmm. is all you will be able to do. And, and it'll be much harder to break out of that as you, as you establish yourself as that. Yeah. So I think I've, that's especially true for women. It is. Women right? actors, yeah. And we can think of, we can think of a few women that started out playing roles like that, that really had struggled to get out mm -hmm. of those roles as they were yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Charlize Theron like, had to produce the movie herself to get people to, to stop, you know, thinking of her one way. Right. And she finally did, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, it's, but it, it, things like that. So it was, that was Battlestar for me. That was, that was, I had to book this role and I ended up auditioning for it like seven times, cutting my hair off, doing everything I could, but I still wore heels to that audition. <laughs> So yeah, there was a piece of me still there where I was like, well, yeah. I mean, I'll wear jeans and the fatigues, but I'm wearing my high heels. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Like, what was I thinking? But I think that that's sort of part of, you know, that's, that's who I am. You know, I'm mm -hmm. the, the, it's, it's, it's perfectly explains who I am as a person yeah. and I'll wear the high heels, but yeah, I'll I mean, we could, we could practically have a Battlestar Galactica reunion on Hallmark one of these days because we've got Paul Campbell, we've got you, we have Trisha Helfner. <laughs> I know, I know. We've got Rekha Sharma is uh, doing a movie. I think it's a Lifetime movie though, but okay. she's, uh, yeah. she's the lead of a Christmas movie this year too, and I'm so proud of her. Yeah. So um, there's so many of us. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so then being on 24, uh, what was that show kind of like to film uh, and uh, be a part of? 24 came at a really interesting point in my career because I had to find something that shot in Los Angeles, which is not the easiest thing. Um, I had just had cancer right mm -hmm. after Battlestar. Um, wow. And I 
my treatment and like following up with my doctors, I was not at a point where I could go move to another state for nine months and go film a show, but I had to make enough money to stay on my health insurance. So I needed a job. Um, and, and I, 24 came up and, and it was in my wheelhouse. It's sort of what mm -hmm. I did, you know, playing these tough characters. And, and I went in and I auditioned for it because I wanted it so desperately because it was going to keep me in LA. And I had just done, I think a failed pilot that just, I had the worst experience on in my entire career. And I was just like traumatized by that. And, um, so I went in and I, I auditioned for 24 and it was one of the worst auditions I've ever had. That's, that's no, that's not true. My audition for castle with Nathan Fillion was my worst audition I've ever had. Like he actually apologized to me when I left the room. Cause he was oh, like, no. what happened to you girl. Um, and I, I was so upset. And I remembered at that moment, my doctor had called me to, to check up on me to see how I was. And I told him the whole experience. And he said, you know, I'm best friends with Brendan Braga. Right. And I was like, what the executive producer I literally was just reading for. And he was like, let me call him. And he called him back and he said, let her come back. This is what's going on. You know, she's, she's, uh, you know, I, I, I just was not in a place where I was confident yet with myself. I was tired all the time. I, I was having a hard time memorizing. I was just in a really, I wasn't healthy a hundred percent. And I went back and I auditioned again and I got the role. Um, thankfully, because it, it kept me close to my doctors and, and it was such a beautiful shooting schedule. And Kiefer was so amazing with me that I would, I would have three weeks off because they block shoot two episodes at a time. It was the perfect job for someone who is not healthy and getting healthier daily where I would work for three weeks and then I'd have a month off and I'd work for a week and then I'd have two weeks off. So it was really, it, it allowed me to, to sort of, you know, get better, which was amazing. And I had such a great time with Kiefer. I love him. I just saw him at a convention like a year ago and we took a shot of whiskey and kept going. <laughs> That's great. I love hearing that. You know, I feel like we all need those little like tender mercy moments in life. Those like mini miracles when we just need things to work out and somehow they end up, they do. Yeah, they do. And, and it's, you, you know, I, I just, I, I had to have faith that, that mm -hmm. something was going to come through because every job that I was getting offered or that I had an audition for was shooting in another country or another state. And I could mm -hmm. not be away from my doctors, but I couldn't right. lose my health insurance. So what do right. you do? Like as actors, if we stop working, we don't have health insurance. It disappears very quickly. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a, it was such a gift, gift from above that one. That's great. So yeah. you played uh, Bo-Katan in, in voice work for a long time. Yeah. And so then you got a chance to actually play the character on The Mandalorian. What was that like to actually, I don't feel like that many voice actors get a chance to actually play their character. So I think that we've actually, not we, but I think the fans have actually tried to figure this out. No one's ever done it. It was like, it was like, a, it was like a first time thing. Um, people have done it retroactively. Um, I think, or, you know, like Ming-Na just, um, played the voice in the bad, bad. Oh, yeah. So I think they've done it like that, but it was crazy. You know, I, I started playing Bo-Katan, I think during Battlestar. Um, and it was such a dream come true for me because you know, talk about 
talk about things that just come out of nowhere that you've prayed for, right? Like my, my dad raised me on sci-fi and action movies and Star Wars was, was one of my favorite, you know, trilogies growing up. And to be the voice of a character was already the coolest thing I've ever done. Because up till that point, I hadn't done anything my nephews could watch. Like, I think that no one really thought I was actually an actor because they couldn't, you know, yeah. see me in anything. We were like, I'm sorry, you're, you're seven. You can't watch Battlestar Galactica. I swear your aunt Katie's not unemployed. She has a job. Um, and, um, so, um, when I was playing Bo-Katan, it was a really big thing for me because, you know, I, I finally had done something that, that the kids could watch, but also I, I got to be in star Wars, which was such a dream come true. The fact that it translated and was able to, to go into the Mandalorian is still something that I pinch myself about daily. It's crazy. It just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. no, it, it doesn't. That was so cool. Yeah, it, it doesn't happen. And it's so strange. You know, I, I've said this before that my career is very much a ladder. You know, it is it is a testament to just, you know, there is luck involved. I'm not going to take that away from from my career at all. But I mean, there is a work your butt off and just keep climbing like yeah. as much as you can. Don't take no for an answer. Keep climbing create your own content, make sure you keep working, like just keep going. And yeah, because so the long like Mandalorian, yeah. it, it's, it's bigger than the career that you've amassed on your, it's like, you're stepping up and into something greater than the career you've amassed on your own. And it's mind blowing. Yeah. Well, it's like, there's luck, but you have to be ready for the luck. You have to be working so that when the opportunity comes, you got it. Yeah. What is that? What is that saying that everybody says like preparation and perspiration, something, you know, because it's true. So many people think they're unlucky, but you, 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 some, you miss those signs, man. Yeah. You miss those well, signs. It's like when the, when the, when the house was flooding and, and praying to Jesus to send help and a boat came by two times and, you know, uh, <laughs> you're like, no, God is going to save me. I'm going to stay here. It's like, all right, let's yeah. keep going. And you just, yeah. it's yeah. like they, they say every overnight sensation is 10 years in the making. Of course. Yeah. Mine's 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. 
Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Well, we are so excited about Christmas sale. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the movie? So I'm a huge Christmas fan, number one, which we've covered, and huge Hallmark Christmas movie fan. I mean, just mind blown. I love them so much. I have my little checklist. I'm so excited. Um, And my husband, who I was just dating at the time, um, is a writer and a very good writer, but a writer of, you know, horror movies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I was, he was like, why don't you do a Hallmark Christmas movie? Because you love them so much. And I was like, I will do one if you write it. And he was like, no. And I was like, yes. (laughs) So, um, so I talked to my manager who used to have a client who did a lot of Hallmark movies. So he put me in touch with someone over at Hallmark, um, who, who amazingly got us in for a pitch meeting. And we pitched seven projects to Hallmark because I can come up with Hallmark movie ideas like nobody's business. You give me 10 minutes, I'll give you five ideas. Like, (laughs) I mean, and they're like be fleshed out ideas because I love them so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we went in, um, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, we went in and we pitched these movies and they bought two, two of these movies. And we were just like, so excited, freaking out. (laughs) And then he realized he had to write one. (laughs) Um, and so that process was absolutely amazing. We chose to do Christmas sale first. Um, and it was sort of ripped from my childhood, a combination of my childhood and, um, things that have happened to me and growing up on boats and, you know, my close relationship with my dad. Um, and, um, and it, it was, it was just a beautiful, beautiful process. You know, our, our executives over at Hallmark were amazing. I mean, they, they helped us so much through this entire process that it, it was, it became very clear to me very quickly that when everybody says Hallmark is a family, that it a hundred percent is. Mm-hmm. And once they welcome you in, you are treated like family and they will do whatever they have to do or whatever they, you need them to do for you to succeed. And it's, it is beautiful. And they, you know, it, it took them about a year to, to write the project and to go back and forth with the different drafts. And, um, and here we are, here we are. It's amazing. That's so exciting. So we have, we have two, hopefully to, to look for this and, a, and another pitch and hopefully more than that. And oh, there'll be more than that girl. Yes. I got so many in my head. Yes. So many. They're not getting rid of me. It's interesting that you say that about your husband writing horror, because we kind of joke on the podcast that some of these movies, you change the score and it would be a horror movie. We say that every time, every time on set, I say this all the time, you could make any project you're on a comedy, just the way that you deliver the dialogue. You could make any project you're on. Uh, you know, a Harlequin romance novel, just yeah. the way you deliver the dialogue and stare at people. So, you know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, we could turn every Halloween movie into a Christmas, like yeah. Harvey too. <laughs> uh, so is this a warm weather Christmas movie? Is, so where's it set in? It is set in the Pacific Northwest. So anyone who knows the Pacific Northwest knows that there is snow 
it just doesn't last long. Okay. So we made sure, cause that is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. We made sure that it, it looked like the Pacific Northwest in the winter time, which is there is snow, but it is wet. And that is, and we, I, I think we did it. We, and okay. it's a cold, it is a cold We were, My husband and I were just talking about this last night. Winters in the Pacific Northwest are colder, in my opinion, than winters in the Kootenai Mountains, which is like minus 40, because it's dry. That is a dry cold versus a wet cold. The wet cold gets in your bones and you can't get it out. It is cold. So um, it was that it was. And I think we did a really great job because it just looks cold. That's true. I lived up near, uh, the, up near Michigan, Indiana, Michigan border for a while. And, uh, so you get that lake effect, uh, cold where it's humid and just like, yeah, it gets in your bones. You cannot get warm. Well, that up there must've been the, the worst of both worlds. Cause you're not only getting the like minus temperatures, but you're getting the wet cold off that lake. So you must've just been like, oh, hell no. Yeah. It was brutal. It was rough. It's so funny. We keep looking at places to like move at some point, like out of uh-huh. Los Angeles. And we're like, cause we want some property, which you cannot find in Los Angeles as anyone can imagine. Right. Um, and so we're looking at places and we keep looking at places that are like super cold. And I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> why, are we, why are we looking in Wyoming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, at least then you, yeah, you really do. I mean, you have a Hallmark Christmas movie in your life when you live in a place like, like Wyoming or Montana or yeah, yeah someplace like that. Start celebrating, like we just <laughs> had our, we just had our wedding, which uh-huh. is amazing. Um, after two failed attempts because of COVID, we finally had our wedding, thankfully, and it it went without a hitch. But um, his family came down, and they're all from the East Kootenai Mountains up in Canada. And it was like already, it'd been snowing already for like a month. And I was like, mm-mm, mm-hmm. mm-mm. and they were all down here. I'm like wrapped up in a down coat. So I was like, it's cold in California. And they were like on the beach in swimsuits. I was like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. <laughs> so, so being so involved in the writing and the creation of the movie, uh, was, what was that like when it actually started getting cast, they cast Patrick, they have, you know, things getting started being assembled. What was that like for you? So anyone who's ever done a Hallmark movie knows that they happen fast. Yeah. Like they are, you know, you, for a project that took us two years to write, you get greenlit and you're filming within like two weeks. It is crazy fast. I've never done anything like that. So it was just, I was just holding on. Thankfully they sandwiched me with a great team, you know, of, of Christopher, Christopher McNeely and, and Stacey Harding, who was the director who had both worked for Hallmark. They sandwiched me between these two people that just kept pulling me. And I was like, okay, two weeks. Oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> um, and it was just, it was such a great experience, you know, to, this is the first project, you know, I I'm an executive producer on my show, another life. And I was in the pitch on that, but I didn't write that didn't create that. So this is the first thing that I'd ever taken from sort of like, you know, insemination to, to completion, you Mm -hmm. know, it really is. It's, it was, um, it was a really amazing experience. And then to be able to do it with my husband was absolutely amazing. You know, yeah. 
really great. And it was funny because half of, I'd say, well, not half. I mean, the crews are so small, so it could have been half, but a good number of the crew were our crew from another life. So, which is my sci-fi show that's on Netflix that's airing at the same time as this. So if you, that's, it's a perfect example of like the duality inside of myself is that the two of these are airing at the same time because the DP was the same DP and he comes over to me. Oh, goes, wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Katie, the entire crew is just terrified of you because they haven't stopped smiling for like 15 days. Like this is what is happening to your face. We've, I've never lit you with a smile on your face. face. No. And it was so funny. And he's like, we're all just like in shock. He's like, it's like, you're playing yourself on camera. Finally. It's like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) So funny. It's you're just, lucky that's a compliment in this case. <laughs> it is right? your face. <laughs> you know, years ago I had a director tell me that I had a face for horror. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's it was accurate. You know, my face yeah. is very expressive. So like when I don't smile as a character, I don't smile. Mm-hmm. So when I do smile as a character, the DP is like, oh my God. Faces lit up. Now is your, in this film, is your character a widow? No. So my character, and this is, I was so happy that, that, that Hallmark embraced this aspect of her. So my, my character is divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't contentious. Um, mm-hmm. She is um, raising her daughter um, successfully by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she, she loves her life. She mm-hmm. loves her life. I don't think that that if you asked Liz in the beginning of this movie if anything was missing from her life, she'd say no. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and I loved that. I loved that about her. You know, um, and I loved that that they're embracing that that we didn't have to sort of explain where her husband was, which was great. It just shows that that the 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 changes that are shifting over at Hallmark. You know, you still have this, this heartwarming, joyful, sad, you know, uh, like beautiful Hallmark movie at based at Christmas time with little changes in it, you know, that are making it yeah. more inclusive. That's good. Cause a lot of times you see the, we kind of joke that there's the hot widower on a, on Hallmark, you know, the, <laughs> dad who uh and you don't see this much with the single moms as much and uh and and especially if it can be like a health a healthy co-parenting kind of thing i think that that's always a really good thing to see it is a good thing to see i think you know i was talking to someone about this yesterday that people we as people want to see ourselves represented on camera Mm -hmm. Um, that means the way that we look, the way that we talk, the, you know, the, the people that we love, the, the way that we live our lives, the, the loss that we've experienced, the, you know, we want to mm-hmm. see these things represented on camera because it makes us feel not alone. Mm-hmm. And so I love that there are aspects of that in Christmas sale, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. When you're working with someone like Patrick, do you do like a chemistry read before to see, or no. do you just go for it? 
no, you just go for it. You know, um, I had never met Patrick. So I, on my, there, we had lists of people in the casting process that we, we, we absolutely wanted. And, um, and Terry O'Quinn was like my first choice. You know, I think that, I think that when people think of Terry and think of me, they immediately go, oh yeah, I buy that. I buy that. I would, <laughs> you know, I buy that he's her dad. Like yeah. even the characters that we've played. Oh yeah, I buy that. Like if, if you'd taken Starbucks from Battlestar and Locke from Lost and put those two characters together, even that you would have gone like, oh yeah, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes complete sense. Um, Patrick, I had, I, you know, shockingly had never met because we were both on the flash together. Um, and he was one of the choices that was on director Christopher McNeely's list that we looked into. And I was just so impressed with him and the work that he'd done that we made an offer. Like he's, he's incredibly talented. And what I love about this movie. And one of the things that we wanted to focus on is that I am not your typical hallmark girl just based on the characters that I normally play. So we wanted to bring other actors into roles in this that you wouldn't normally expect. You know, um, Terry and Patrick both play characters very similar to me that are, you know, very gruff and tough and, you know, feisty, you know, punch people in the face type characters, you know. So these mm-hmm. are the first time that you're really seeing both of these guys in roles like this, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you're going to have really good chemistry. I'm looking forward to it. And the little girl looks adorable. So Emma Oliver was another person on my list. That was the top of my list because when we were, we were in lockdown when we were writing this and we were watching uh snow because um, another one of my movie daughters, Annalise Basso, is on that. And she played my daughter in Oculus. So we were watching that to support her. And, and I saw Emma and was like, I, I paused it on her little face. And I called Robin in, who was writing the script at the time. And I was like, her, <laughs> we need her. <laughs> this little girl is so talented. It, it blew me away. Mm-hmm. It blew me away. She is yeah. the cutest little thing. Uh, I've ever seen and she's feisty and she's funny and she's smart and she's just like she's gonna be such a terror for her parents <laughs> <laughs> they looks she looks really cute in the promos so I'm I'm definitely excited we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the Hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or Hallmarky in your life What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Well, we have some fun, silly questions that we like to end our interviews off on that are holiday themed this time because it's this time of year. So... All right. First question. What is your favorite holiday drink? Oh my gosh. Eggnog. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I mean, sometimes I like to put a little alcohol in it. <laughs> but Make it a little spicy. I do. I do like a hot toddy too. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Oh my gosh. I love butter cookies. Mm. You know, the like the, yeah, like the shortbread. Yeah. That, yeah. The shortbreads that my mom would like squeeze out of that gun. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like the dough gun where they're all uh-huh. like green or red or you dye the dough and like, oh my gosh. Oh I always my- think of those tins, you know, with like. So my mom made Christmas cookies every year, every year. I mean like, mm-hmm. and she made them for everyone. Like she met you once you got a Christmas tin. So like she started cooking, <laughs> baking cookies like in September um, and she would freeze them in Tupperware in the garage in like massive freezers. And my brother and I would come home from school and we would open the Tupperware and reach our little hands in and just steal like a handful of cookies every day. And my mom, I think like by the time we were in high school, she basically had figured out she needed to make like double the amount of cookies because we would steal everything. And I stole those and I stole the, um, the, I think they're like Mexican wedding cakes, but there's a different like, oh, yeah. Christmas time, the, the powdered sugar and the walnuts and like, God, I love those cookies. Those are really good. Wow, they're yeah. So good. It's like pecan Sundays, I think they're called. Or are they? Like that. I don't I feel know. like I've heard that before, but, but yeah, oh. those are really good. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you could be in a Christmas cookie movie. I think that's clear. That may be our next one. Ooh, yes. Very good. <laughs> Okay. What is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Oh my gosh. All I want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. Uh, I can't help it. Yeah. yeah I, we played it in the car last night. I cannot, <laughs> I, I can sing, but yeah. when I sing along to Mariah, it comes very clear to me how, how poorly I cannot sing. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, she's the queen of Christmas. I mean, there's no question. She makes me feel, she makes me feel warm inside. Like, and I love that song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite classic Christmas movie? I'm sorry. I always say Die Hard. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Do good. I say Die Hard, or I say Elf. Okay. Good. Or I, I, I love all. I could go. Yeah. I could keep going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Uh, which would you pick, Scrooge or The Grinch? You the prefer. Grinch. Okay. But I would actually pick not animated Grinch. I would pick Jim Carrey Grinch. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. Cl- uh, clear lights or colored? <sighs> clear lights, but I mean, colored lights, but we got clear lights this year and I'm really disappointed because it's <laughs> better with the house. Uh-huh. This is just one of those compromises you make as yeah. a married person. <laughs> So I get two bushes of colored lights in front of the house and then the rest are clear. And I think I lost this because, you know, he's putting them up, but at the same time, we also just bought a balsam Hill fake tree, which I'm so excited about. Cause we finally have a house, right? Like mm-hmm. to store this tree in. So we got this balsam Hill tree and I was like for extra $300, we can get clear lights and colored lights and make the choice. I'm going to do that. And yeah, was, you can switch it up daily. And I was like, I am getting colored lights in this dang house. <laughs> you guys have a, like the battle war with like one minute switch. It's like the a, air conditioning war, but with, 
Oh, I already won that show. We're like, we're like a 67 at night house when he's covered in blankets. And, and I'm like, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Build a snowman. Okay. I've had too many concussions in my life and snowballs get hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper? No, yeah. no. I mean, I'm good at it. Like I can basic wrap like nobody's business, but you know, those people that like make like the wrapping, you don't want to open it. Cause it's so pretty. Yeah. This is one of those people I am not. Yeah. All right. Last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? And what is your ugly Christmas sweater? If you I have one? like five. Oh, I do. Yeah. Um, so I actually have like some vintage ones nice. that are really bad. Like I'm talking shoulder pads with like a nice. motif on the front. <laughs> you know, somebody's grandma made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, those these- are like the best ones. Cause they're like authentic, real ugly sweaters, right. not like created to be ugly sweaters. Right. And then I also have, <laughs> so when we were filming another life, one of the crew, one of our, our, our transpo guys was walking away from me one day and he had a reindeer on the back of a vest with a hood on it. And I was like, stop <laughs> Where in God's name. Did you get this sweater? He was like, one of the ladies at our church made it for me. I was like, I'm going to need this woman's phone number right now. <laughs> and I called her. She's like this, a sweetest, sweetest old lady. And I was like, is there any way that you can make me two of them matching? So they have Rudolph on the back of them, but I, I made Robins without Rudolph. I made it just a regular reindeer so that he could wear it year round. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we just took couples pictures so you could see them on uh-huh. the back. These are fancy They're I'm going to have to find this picture. I don't even know if I can find this picture. It's hysterical. It I is, love that. You're going to have to hold on just so you can okay. see. It's like, I mean, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I see what happened here. Um, this is like, this Isn't is that the whole point of getting married is you have, a, you can force your spouse to wear a couple's cringy couple's outfits. Embarrass the crap out of your, yeah, I think that's true. Oh my gosh. Those are so cute. She you made those. She made them and she excited them and she finished them in a week and a half. And Amazing. She, I mean, they're genius. They're little vests with hoods. I am so excited for this. I can't, <laughs> snows, you a little bit, you yeah. can't, but yeah, no, I mean, like, can we just talk about how, like, this is a man that loves his wife. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is great. I mean, where else does the Hallmarkies podcast? Can you get a sneak peek into Katie Sackhoff's Christmas card? <laughs> that is, I mean, and he like jumps on the bandwagon. He's like, are we doing the ugly Christmas sweaters? And I was like, they're not ugly. Don't say that. She might get a <laughs> really cute. I love them. I cannot wait to put it on for the holidays. Uh-huh. That's great. That is, those are really cute. Well, <laughs> you did it. You passed, you answered all the questions. You passed the test. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I just love, uh, did you watch you, me and the Christmas tree last night? I, I, because I've been traveling, I haven't finished it. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I plan to catch up. 
Yeah, I didn't uh, want it either. It's it's I was working, so I have it reserved, but reserved. <laughs> Got it on the DVR. Got it on the DVR. Uh, yeah. You oh, may actually know this. Where do where do people like in Canada who don't have cable, where do they watch mm. Hallmark movies? Because the Hallmark app, which we have, does yeah. not air movies right at the same time, but the friendly yeah. app does. Right. They can use, I think, I don't know if the friendly app is in Canada or not, but, um, uh, but they, uh, but there's, uh, the W channel and I think super channel, I think are the two in Canada. Yeah. Play homework movies. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, so I don't know. And then I don't know if like any of the other streaming services like Filio or things like yeah. that are in, um, are in, uh, Canada. Uh, yeah. but yeah, those are the channels that, air and sometimes they get things earlier than we do and sometimes yeah. they get things later than we do yeah but, uh, but yeah it's kind of ironic because sometimes because all these films are you know for the most part 80 percent are shot in canada and yet then sometimes oh. they can't end up watching them <laughs> i know i know that's what said to like one of our friends who's who uh who auditioned and is in the movie and we're so excited um and he can't watch it <laughs> that's so sad <laughs> but keep an eye out on w channel and a super channel yeah and I think they're on the, they'll get channel the same night actually yeah hopefully yeah they, they do get a lot of them it, and especially the ones on the regular hallmark channel now yeah. uh, this christmas sale is on it's on um uh, hallmark movies mysteries right no we're on the regular channel oh on the regular okay we are yeah i mean i think we are yeah okay yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not I sure they just released the schedule yeah, no, we're we're on the regular one, which um, which was really uh, originally it was sort of a toss up. We didn't know where we mm. were going to go because it is it. There are moments that are you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and I cry at a different time every time I watch it, which is a good sign, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, we're very excited. So great to meet you. Excited to have you part of the Hallmark family. Uh, hopefully this is the first of many times we get to have you on Hallmarkies podcast and uh, this yeah. was just a real treat so oh, thank, thank you so much. so much yeah I'm just I'm so excited <laughs> I keep saying the Hallmark's not getting rid of me this is this yes. is my career this is my career plan yes so I'm That's super great. excited <laughs> <laughs> well do you have social media you want to share I do yeah so um Twitter is just Katie Sackoff mm-hmm. um and then I um uh, the real Katie Sackoff on Instagram. Okay, great. Well, thanks again. And, uh, um, and, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. So great to meet you. It's so great to to talk with you and, uh, and good luck with the movie. Thank you. Excited to watch it. I hope it does so well. (laughs) All right. We'll take care. Uh, Thanks so much. Have a good weekend (laughs) at the, uh, um, movie, the movie festival. Thanks. I'm really looking forward to it. It's yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I'd like to thank Katie for coming on the podcast. That was so much fun to get a chance to talk to her. She's awesome. And uh, so let us know what you think about the difference things we talked about. And you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. Also, uh, make sure you're following the podcast at Homework is Pod and Homework is Podcast, all of our social media. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us so, so much. If you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel appreciate that so much we also have our patron group and merch store so take a look at that and uh thanks so much everybody and thanks so much to katie and i'll talk to y'all later bye